Welcome back to Sit Down with RHS, a podcast from the Royal Hospital School where we talk to staff, pupils and the alumni to find out how the school makes a unique impact to young people's lives. Now, in this episode, we're sitting down with Sebastian Kemp, student at the Royal Hospital School who is making waves, quite literally, in the Youth Sailing Championships. We talked to him about his recent win in Oman at the World Youth Sailing Championships and why a solid education is key to his dream of competing at the highest level. And we learned some of his superstitions that he absolutely must do before a race and you'd never guess what they are. Now I'll hand over to your host Arabella Northey speaking to Sebastian Kemp. Welcome this morning. I'm joined by Seb and congratulations. I'd love you to tell everyone about what you've just achieved and where it took place. We'd obviously love to hear all about it. Yes, so I just won the uh, World Sailing Youth World Championships in Oman uh, over the Christmas break. And I hear that it was delayed as well because of COVID. When was it supposed to have taken place? It was uh, supposed to be taking place in the summer in the Netherlands, uh, but it was moved to Oman because of uh, coronavirus. I don't know much about Amman. I've never been there myself. Is that a better place to sail then than perhaps the Netherlands? How how does it compare? Well, I've I've never sailed in the Netherlands. Uh, I'll be sailing there this summer in the same event uh, that has just been postponed to the summer. Uh, but yeah, no, Amman was great. It was uh, it was tricky conditions, and but it was it was it was the same for everybody. So it was terrific. Well, again, congratulations. I mean, this is an incredible achievement, Sebastian. So for those who are listening and thinking, wow, sailing, World Youth Championship, what does this involve? So perhaps you could describe what it is you sail and what actually you had to do in the competition. Yep. So I had to sail the uh, Ilka 6 class, which is the women's Olympic class, uh, the single-handed women's Olympic class, and uh, also the men's youth class. Uh, in Oman, the World Sailing Youth World Championships is the most prestigious event for a youth sailor. Uh, there are nine different classes of boats and uh, 50 or 60 odd countries that go. Uh, each country is allowed to sail one, uh, send one sailor for every class. Uh, so I was the representative from my country, Bermuda. There's nine races in the event, and uh, there's two races on the first four days, and the last day, there's one race. So when you're sailing, are there 60 helmed boats in the sea at the same time or are you broken up into different groups? How, how does that actually work? I mean, I'm imagining a sea of many different things. Obviously, that's a poor metaphor. Perhaps a rash of different sails everywhere and you frantically trying to avoid different boats. What does it feel like when you're going out on the water? Yeah, well, it's uh, for, for the men's, there was 53 people uh, from all over the world. And for the women, there was, I think, just less than that. And uh, so, I mean, I'm used to it. To be honest, it was quite a small event for me. I'm used to having uh, 200, 300 people. We are all starting on the same starting line. And then the women will start on the, their own starting line. Uh, and we're just the two classes of boats. There are nine classes in the event who I'm not sailing against. I'm just sailing against the men. Okay, well, gosh. So how long is the course? How long does it take for you to go around? Yep. So the course is uh, 45 to 50 minutes long. The wind was, it obviously depends on the wind. Uh, so the wind is was uh, quite light, quite variable and quite tricky. So the speed of the boats were quite similar. Uh, so it, it mainly came down to uh, tactics and how you read the wind off of the, off of the water. I'm just imagining it now, particularly if it 
if it's only 45 minutes long. You've got 53 people, that is. It feels like every second counts to actually inch your way past people. What were some of the most challenging moments that you had? Yeah, so I uh, I started the week off. I had a bad first day. I had a, uh, a fifth and a 14th. For my standards, that's that's not great at all. Uh, obviously, I wanted to be winning the event, but it was okay because at this level of competition, you make one mistake and you go down so quickly. Uh, I made a few mistakes that day, and I knew that others in front of me would make mistakes as well. So after the first day, I was in fifth, and after that, I just put the head down and kept grinding away and uh, won my first race and race three on the second day. And uh, yeah, after that, everything was just clicking into line. And uh, yeah, all up until the, the second to last day when I got disqualified for being over the start line early, uh, everything was great. I love, I love that everything was great apart from the disqualification. <laughs> you mentioned that there are a lot of challenges. And so before we go back about how you got into sailing, just could you tell us a little bit about how do you deal with those challenges? What has set you up for being in fifth position, mistakes happening? How do you move on from that? How do you respond? You have to laugh it off, to be honest. Uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, a lot of people would probably get bogged down. I know that a few of my competitors did, uh, and it really affected them for the rest of the week. But for me, I was just, just talking to the coach briefly after sailing and then forgetting about it, laughing it off and moving on to the next day. I mean, every day we were learning. Every day we came in, we were watching the, the tracker and we were analyzing what were happening over dinner. And every, every single day I was learning something new. And by the end of the, by the end of the week, I was, I was so much more prepared for the event. I had learned so much over the week and I had just become such a better sailor afterwards. And do you think that's a result of the time you take to reflect, to analyze? Yeah, I mean, when we're, when we're there, we're, I'm, I'm solely there to win. I'm there to work. So yeah, every day I'm, I'm not, I'm not resting that much. I'm really, I come in off the water and the first thing I think about is all the things I need to do afterwards. I need to be checking in. I need to be making sure nobody's protesting me. I need to be refueling my body. I need to be stretching. And then, uh, after that, yeah, analyzing the racing from that day, making a plan for the next day. And then the next day, the process is, is so important in the morning of, uh yeah it all starts with waking up and uh going out for a walk and uh going down to the boat and doing some uh I have a lot of superstitions so have to get those done what are some of those yeah so I have I have quite a few uh first off I wake up and I go for a walk and everything in the morning has to be the exact same that's the first one every everything you eat everything you do has to be the exact same I wake up and uh uh, I don't usually sleep very well, so I'm up at around six and uh seven thirty I go for a walk with my uh my coach and uh we walk along the beach and then we we turn around and we come back and we go to th- we go to breakfast at breakfast i have uh to one omelet, two pieces of toast, and a coffee and that was very important because that was that was very psychological uh, <laughs> and uh after that uh a big superstition for me is uh, writing things on my legs that I want to accomplish during the day uh, with a sharpie before I go out. Um, yeah, that, that that was a big one for me. Gosh, as you begin to peel back the layers and find out what it takes for you to become this incredible champion, I am even more impressed. So the superstitions and different actions you repeat, is that something you've always been like or as you've got to the top of the field have they come together as different rituals to make you this person 
Well, I've, I've always been very superstitious. If I have a good day on the water, then I'm going to do the exact same thing the next day. It's going to be the same same thing I do every single morning, and I'm just going to keep repeating it. Uh, after the first day, I was still trying to find superstitions, but by the end of the week, I was doing the exact same thing, writing the same thing on my legs, uh, taking the taking the covers off the boat at the exact same time. Uh, a big one for me is kissing the boat before you go out, which is quite a weird one that not a lot of people know, but it, it works for me, so that's fine. So glad to hear that you've got a good symbiotic relationship with your boat. Just one thing before we go back, is is this particular boat um, in the competition, do you go out with your own boat or did you use one of the boats provided out there? Yep, so all of the boats were supplied by the... Uh, all of the boats were used in the Tokyo Olympics, so they were all supplied by the same people, and they were all brought over from Tokyo. Uh, so all of the boats are Japanese-made, and all of the boats are exact same. So every single person in the event had the exact same boat, and we were all supplied sails, all supplied masts and booms, and so everything on the boats were the exact same. So there was no uh, difference for anybody. Well, Seb, I am, again, as I said before, amazed and even more hearing about it from you, just the dedication, the different things that you have to take into account to become the champion that you are. So you mentioned that you were representing Bermuda, which is where you're from, but here you are at school in England at the moment. So tell us a little bit about how did you get into sailing and from where has this all stemmed? Yeah, well, I started sailing when I was three years old. I was begging my parents if I could sail ever since I could talk. Uh, my parent, my my father was a big sailor, and my mother and my father met when uh, my mother was coaching sailing in Bermuda, and my father was also coaching sailing in Bermuda. So it's always been a big part of my family. Uh, and when I was three years old and fifty pounds, I was uh, my dad. He pulled a uh, he pulled the boat out of the uh, out of the bushes for me, and we went sailing that summer. And I've loved it ever since, and I've just been on the process ever since, and setting new goals and setting new new uh, milestones. What is it about sailing that drew you to it? Is it the competitive part, or is it the connection with water? I love everything about it. I'm a very competitive person. It doesn't matter if I'm uh, I'm sailing on the water or I'm playing football on the green at house. I am very very competitive. Uh, even ping pong in house, I, I want to win. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, <laughs> I do love the competition, but at the same time, uh, I love making boats go fast. And uh, it's it's kind of annoying for my friends if we go for a leisure sail in Bermuda when I'm on vacation, but. I'm always I'm always trying to make a boat go fast and I'm fascinated by making boats go quickly. And what what do you think drives that ambition? I have no idea to be honest with you. Uh, it's just the feeling you get when I get into a boat and I just I want to make it go fast and I want to race somebody and I want to win. Uh it's just a it's just a feeling that I just I can't lose. I have to win. I have to be the best. What characteristics do you think make somebody successful? Make somebody a winner? I mean, I was talking to my coach the other day and we agree that that medal that I won, it's it doesn't represent that I sailed the fastest at this event. It doesn't represent that I sailed the fastest around the course or I was better than my competitors. It All that medal means to me is that I worked the hardest and I deserves it. Um, yeah, it it just means that I, uh, that yeah, I, I worked the hardest. I never gave up and I worked harder than everyone else. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, so what next what are you looking to drive towards next there you are working hard i mean you know putting everything into it going back reflecting learning from your mistakes seb what are you thinking now what's the eye on the prize 
So the eye on the prize right now is uh, short term. I'm going to try to win it again. There's only been one other person who has ever won it twice in a row or a twice period. And uh, I want to be the I want to be the second person to do that. Um, yeah, that that's a big one for me. That will be in that will be in the Netherlands in uh, in July. So that's a, that's a big goal for me. And then after that is qualifying my country for the Olympics and going to Paris 2024. Fantastic. So many things to look forward to. Um, so you grew up in Bermuda. You're desperately loving sailing, becoming the fastest person. What persuaded you, drew you to Royal RHS? I mean, how did you end up at a boarding school in a much colder country? <laughs> yeah. You know, if we talk about it, obviously you're not a fair weather sailor, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, I sail on everything. I mean, yeah, it is so cold here. Um, I I moved to the to the UK because after... I was previously in a class called the Optimist class, uh, which is more of a, a class from 10-year-olds to 15-year-olds. And when I was 14, I was too big for the boat. So I moved out of it and I went to uh, I went to school in America uh, for six months. And I found that I was just pretty miserable there. I wasn't sailing at all. I wasn't doing anything I loved. So I uh, I decided to, to change schools and look around. And I looked for the best sailing opportunities. I looked for the best school that, that I could do my academics and my schooling at the same time. And, off, and Royal Hospital School was just the obvious choice for that. Uh, so yeah, I came to I came to school, and yeah, it's been great ever since. I've been able to sail and study uh, in the same breath. And so, what is it? about Royal Hospital School's sailing setup that is so perfectly pitched for somebody like you, a top athlete? Yeah, so I mean, after this podcast, I'm going to the gym. So uh, I'm allowed to go to the gym during my free periods. And uh, the the sports, the guy in the gym does all of the uh, all of my programs for me. And it's really perfect because I'm able to collaborate with him and uh, strengthen muscles that need to be strengthened. But then also after school, in our sessions, I'm allowed to go sailing, which is not a five minute walk away. So it's kind of perfect to be able to have the boat here and to go to the gym. And I mean, I live in Suffolk, so the hills around here are terrific to go running on. Okay, so we get it. It's all set up for you. And how do you balance? Because obviously you talked about your free periods in the gym, sailing every day. How do you balance your academic studies? The fact that you're here at school studying alongside becoming a world-class sailor. Yeah, it is difficult. I mean, I mean everything is. Uh, what I mentioned about the medal being you work the hardest, it, it's the same. School is just something that you just have to, it's a priority that you have to take care of. And for me, I have to balance that. And it is difficult, I won't lie, but it does require work and dedication. You have to put in the hours in both your sailing and your studies, uh, because at the end of the day, both of those things will help you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and if your ambition is sailing to be the top of your class do you actually need an academic foundation as well obviously don't let your hear, teachers hear me saying that what would you say to them Seb well I would agree with them a little bit however in sailing I do believe that there are crossovers from education to sailing it is a very very technical sport and as you as I get better and as I grow up and as I continue to go down different routes of sailing i i intend to go down a route of the america's cup which is the highest level of sailing and is the highest level of engineering and it's been compared to is almost the f1 of sailing um it's different countries uh working within a rule to design and build a fastest boat with the fastest sailors on board and it is exciting and it's very physical physics based and maths based and as a sailor 
I'm going to have to want to be able to speak the same language as the engineers and the designers on shore uh, in order to get the best out of the boat. So that's what I'm working towards right now in my education. That's what I kind of think about. Uh, but for the Olympics, I mean, it's probably not not as important, but later down the road, it will help me. I hadn't even thought about that. And I know that you're studying maths and physics A-level. So the classroom and the current curriculum is actually helpful for you to develop as an engineer for those top boats. It makes sense when you point it out. So keep that studying going, balancing well. Um, But with all of this, you also travel to competitions around the world. Where have been some of the most exciting places that you have visited? Yeah, so I've been to... um... Yeah, a bunch of countries. I've been to multiple countries in South America. As far as uh, I've been to countries as far as Thailand, Cyprus, now Oman. But I won't lie to you, the most exciting country for me has got to be Bermuda or Antigua, which is two countries that are quite similar. But those two countries are probably my favorite ones to sail in because I just I'm just comfortable there. I'm, I'm comfortable in the environment. I'm, I'm comfortable in the culture. Yeah, I just I love sailing in the Caribbean. Oh, I, I like the sound of sailing in the Caribbean. I have an image of blue seas and the sun shining. But what's the wind like for a technical sailor? Is it a challenging place to sail? Well, for me, I've been sailing there my entire life and uh, a lot of things come down to feel. And I mean, in Antigua, you get the trade winds, which we, which we had when we were there in 2019. And that was that was some of the best sailing I've ever done in my entire life. Not not as much a skill for me, but just in sailing in general. I had such a great time there and I'll never forget that. But in Bermuda, yeah, the winds can be very fickle. But as sailing there my entire life, you, you kind of get a feel for things. So here you are at RHS. Now, I've spoken to various alumni and other people who work at RHS, and they all say it's a very special but a very particular school. So what are some of the things that strike you about the school, having joined, particularly being from Bermuda? What are some of the more unusual elements that you have noticed since you joined? Yeah, so we do marching here. Uh, a big thing about school is divisions and getting together as a school and uh, putting on a show for remembrance and other occasions such as the end of term. Uh, that one's quite a weird one, but it is, I do respect it. It is a part of the school's heritage and you do have to respect uh, the history of the school. And yeah, for the school to help you, you have to you have to respect the school. Yeah, because actually their heritage as well, obviously with their naval heritage, has that connection to the sea. Do you think that supports the ethos that sailing is important? What you're actually doing personally, does that heritage bring something for you as someone who is connected to the water? Originally, I didn't really look at it. I think it's just kind of a, a nice coincidence. I just try to focus on my sailing, to be honest. I, I know that the naval heritage is there, but... I don't I don't really focus on it that much. I think it's just kind of neat. <laughs> well, there we are. That's that's the way of so many things. And what are the other aspects of school life that you're getting involved in? As we you know, you've mentioned that you have a very intense day balancing all the different um aspects of being a top athlete. But are there other things that you take part in as well in the school day? Yeah, I mean, I am very driven. I I wake up very early and I I do my thing and I I am very driven to doing my certain things. So there's not a whole lot of time in my day to do other extracurriculars or anything like that. I try to limit all of my energy on going to the Olympics and winning another time. So if I'm not outside running or I'm not in the gym or I'm not sailing, I'm studying. So I don't really have a lot of time to do the other things, but I know that they are there and they do have a very wide range of extracurriculars for people to to take part in. 
Just just talk us through a typical day for you then. I mean, you've mentioned all the things you have to do. When does it start? What does it look like? The day starts for me 5.45. Uh, I wake up, I get changed and I go out and I go running. Uh, I'll come back into my room and I've got a, um, a hiking bench, which is a simulator, which I use to strengthen my muscles and the, the, the specific muscles in the, that I use in the boat. Uh, after I do that, I get changed. I go to school. As I said, I go to the gym during school sometimes when I have free periods. And, uh, after, after school, I either go for another run, I stretch or, or I'll do homework or I'll go to sailing. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of different things that I'll do. Yeah. Gosh. Where, what, and what values do you think you've learned? Yeah. Something that I've really, uh, learned and really, uh, knocked in on is the drive that, um, that I showed, uh, towards my sailing and how a lot of things will try to pop up and try to get in your way. But, uh, something that I've gotten quite good at is just kind of blocking those out and, uh, just focusing on me and focusing on what I have to do and what I have to, uh, what I have to get down to. If you were perhaps going to encounter somebody else who is interested in sailing, what would be your advice to them? Yeah, well, as I said, I think the biggest advice for you is just it doesn't matter how many hours you're getting on the water. I mean, here we I last term I was or last year I was I got almost no time in the water because of coronavirus. Uh, I wasn't sailing from basically November. I got one week in December. And then after that, from January till February, March, I wasn't sailing at all. Uh, whereas countries such as uh, Portugal, Slovenia, the, the US especially, all of these guys were sailing. And yeah, I wasn't. But at the end of the day, I still made the gain because you have to work off the water. It's so much more important. Analyzing your racing, analyzing the way that you race, analyzing the mental side of sailing and also doing the stuff in the gym. It's, it's so important, uh, almost more important than going sailing itself. Yeah, you talk about focus and focusing gosh it's interesting just hearing all of that you know it is a massive disadvantage not being able to get onto the water all the time and there you are competing against other countries who are on the water but actually to realize that so much of it is about the preparation it's about your physical understanding the technique as well so thank you today Seb for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and we look forward to watching and hearing your name again Good luck with all the preparations for the Netherlands and the triumphs that come next. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show. And that was Seb Kemp from Bermuda, student at RHS and under-19 World Youth Sailing Champion. Thanks, Sebastian, for speaking to us today and sharing more about your inspiring journey. That's all for today, everyone. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an interview and you hear from more inspiring pupils, teachers and alumni of the school in the weeks ahead. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.